if you were here last Sunday, you know we saw we have celebrated the day of Pentecost. I mean, of um, of uh, the Ascension, rather, where we remember when Christ went up to heaven. Right after he was uh, raised from the dead, he wandered around the world teaching for uh, 40 days. But today we remember the day of Pentecost. This is a day where we remember that day when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the whole world, especially upon God's church. Now, it's actually just as important to remember this day as it is Easter and Christmas. Because this day also shows, equally shows, God's love and grace towards us sinners as much as his birth and as much as his resurrection. And so to see this, though it may be kind of hidden in this short reading, why this is so important for us to, to see this, I want to look at three ways in which the pouring out of God's Holy Spirit shows us grace and love towards us sinners. Pentecost shows us grace and love towards us sinners in these three ways. And the first thing I want to do is talk about who the Holy Spirit is. Then what he does for us. And then lastly, what he does through us. So who he is, what he does for us or to us, and, and then finally, what he does through us. So, first thing, context, if you will. Who is the Holy Spirit? Maybe you've heard that your whole life. Father's been the Holy Spirit. You get the Father and you get the Son. But what is this? Who is this Holy Spirit thing, right? Well, um, the Bible presents us with a great mystery. That God is one God. Yet he's also simultaneously three individuals. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And of course, God the Son is our Savior Christ. And the Holy Spirit is as much God as the Father and the Son. But he is not the Father and, and the Son. Quick note. If you're confused, don't worry. I'm right there with you. Okay, no one fully understands this, not because it's made up, but just simply there's some um, holy truths about God, which we take just because the Bible reveals them to us. And though our minds are amazing, they have a ceiling. We can't fully comprehend this. It is a truth given to us in Scripture. And we can't understand how it is. We just understand that it is that he is so. Taking all this because the Bible tells us because the Holy Spirit is as much of an individual as the father and the son. He is personal, though he stirs feelings in us and has power. He is not a feeling or an impersonal force. He's not sort of like the spirit of Christmas, if you will. My, my example is this is. Um, I love Disney World. I really do. And when you go there, what you'll find is that like the moment that you walk in, right? Like, you know, the, the music's playing, grown men are wearing Mickey Mouse ears. Like there's, there's a spirit, there's a joy, there's, there's something that happens in you, right? 
And when my son, uh, David, he's now thir 13, when he was about four, we went down there. We did the whole Disney trip thing. We're in the gift shop at the Pirates of, of the uh, Caribbean. And David gets this rubber knife, you know, because he wants to be a pirate. He doesn't really want to be, be a pirate. But anyway, uh, but, but he gets this, this uh, rubber knife. And my wife, Lizzie, looks across, you know, in the gift shop. It's all proud. She sees this incredibly good-looking guy in the line. Waiting to check out. And she goes, David, go stab your father with this knife. <laughs> so David runs over, because he's got the spirit of Disney, right? And he runs over and he stabs this guy in the side. And it's not me. <laughs> now, any other day, maybe a weird look, maybe a laugh, but, you know, quickly move away from this weird child. No. What does this random guy do? Grabs his side, growls like a pirate, rolls over, and dies. Right? <laughs> now, why do you do that? Because you've got the spirit of Disney World, right? You're there. I mean, this is what we do, right? Now, those are good things, right? But that's not who the Holy Spirit is. He's not some impersonal feeling or force. So he causes those in us. That's not who he is. As we'll see in point two... He is an individual who does things for us and to us, for our blessing. Because you see, when we meet with God, why it's important to remember that, that the Holy Spirit is fully God is, is when he fills us, we are engaging, we are meeting, we are experiencing God himself. God in all of his power, in all of his beauty, in all of his love. I think from, for many of us, certainly for me, um, I'm tempted to, to see God and keep God at, at a distance, right? He's in heaven, we are here. But as we see in our meeting for this day, on this day when the Holy Spirit falls upon the church, there are two verbs that they use here. He, rests upon them. He fills the disciples. And this means that God literally, in the person of the Holy Spirit, literally comes and takes up residence inside of you, inside of each believer. He weaves himself into every atom, every particle of not just our bodies, but our souls and, and our minds. God is now living in you. You aren't God. I'm not God, right? It's not the God within. It's, it's not kind of the secret spark within. No, he comes from the outside, but he takes up residence within us. There is no distance between us. It's the ultimate empathy, the ultimate relationship. What amazing love and unmerited favor towards us sinners that a holy and perfect God would want to be so close to us sinners. As you're walking in here this, this day, do you feel like God is distant? Do you feel like that God would never want you? Do you feel like your sins are so great that God would want to actually distance himself from you? Well, if that's you, I have good news. God wants the exact opposite. He wants to dwell not with you, but in you. 
So that's who the Holy Spirit is. But let's look at the second great grace, and that is what does he do for us? I've had a, a little bit, but what does he do? Now, he does much, right? Way too much for one sermon on a pretty warm cafeteria, okay? If you want to know, if you will, a, a more expanded um, theology of what the Holy Spirit does for us, just pay, pay attention to our baptism service. There's a whole lot in there. But today I want to focus on one thing. Because I believe that looking at this one aspect of what the Holy Spirit does for us captures the multitude of all that he does. And it's this. I'm just going to read you out of Romans chapter 8 verses 14 through 17. The Apostle Paul writes this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now that's great, but listen to this next part. This is it. This is the key. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ well, what does that mean? Well, I don't need to look further than, than, than my own life to see this as being good news. When I look at my life, when I sort of take a step back and, and look at my life and, 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 and just even one day, right, as I'm doing you know, an evening prayer time, I'm kind of confessing my sins. My sin, both thought and deed, overwhelmed me. My mind and my heart and sometimes my body and, and my actions seem to constantly be rebelling against God. And what does my conscience tell me? What does my heart tell me? You're not God's adopted son. If you were really a Christian, if you really loved God, if you really loved others, you would have put these things away. You wouldn't act this way. You wouldn't think this way. You wouldn't be this way. But then the Lord does an incredible thing. The spirit of the Lord begins to whisper to my spirit. Hamilton, that's, don't listen to, to yourself. Your own heart is lying to you. Satan's adding fuel to, to the fire, but the fire is your own spirit that's lying to you. Your own conscience is skewed against you. Yes, it is true. You are a sinner. But you are also our father's son. Jesus Christ died for all those sins. He made you his own. He poured me into you so I could be convincing you of what's true right now. That is who you are. You are his child. And you are the heir of Jesus Christ. That, not even your own sin, can change. And I don't think my story is very different from many of us sitting in this room. How many of you once again walked in here or were afraid to walk in here because you're just like, you know what? I've tried my hardest. I don't belong here. These are all good people. A, obviously you made a huge assumption about all the people in this room. I know them well. 
nice, but they're sinners, just like me. Could, have I forfeited this? Am I really this? Everything in my life seems to, to be saying, you're the opposite of God's be beloved. But what I tell you now, through my words that the Lord would bless these words and make them his. Hear that his Holy Spirit right now is trying to convince your heart. No, all that's a lie. When we celebrate at the Lord's table, our Lord Jesus Christ, death for us sinners, he's reminding us of who we really are. And as we come to our Father's table and we receive the bread and the wine, he's confirming what the Spirit is telling our hearts right here. Don't listen to yourself. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You are God's child. If you put your trust in him, you know. And that leads us to point three. We've, we've talked about who the Holy Spirit is. We've talked about what he does to us or in us. But now I want to talk about what he does through us. <clears throat> What's fascinating in this story is, is the activity goes very, very quickly after the Spirit fills them, fills these 12 disciples or 11 disciples at this time. Um, he, he fills them um, and they begin to speak. They begin to speak in different languages. They begin to tell the good news of what God has done in Jesus Christ. That's what the mighty works of God are that they're speaking about. And what is being represented here, what's actually happening here, is a spirit-filled church is being to go out and is empowered to proclaim the good news of a God who died for people who hate him. So that they might turn and love him. And he does that through us. Many of you have probably not heard of Saint Nino. Has anyone heard of Saint Nino? Good, because if you did, then I would let you come up here and talk, okay? Because I didn't know who Saint Nino was until this past winter. Saint Nino was a slave girl who lived in roughly 325 AD and, was, and ended up in Georgia, not the state, the country, okay? Ended up in Georgia as a slave, a slave woman. In the ancient Roman world, that was the most powerless person on the planet. Absolutely worthless, except in God's eyes. And this slave woman prayed, prayed for her captors. Loved her persecutors. Prayed for the healing of the sick of her captors. They were healed. Word spread. The king and queen of Georgia came to meet this great Nino. She prayed for them to become Christians. And they did. And this little powerless slave girl converted an entire country. So many of us in this church have been called to be part of this church because we feel called to be ambassadors of God's forgiving love. Where we live, work, play, and learn. We love those with whom we work with and 
and do sports with and go to school with and we live next to in our neighborhoods and we love them and we do all these things. And it's frustrating, isn't it? For, for many of us, it seems so exhausting as we pour out hour after hour of love and seem to get, we don't see, see God move at all and we feel like we are the powerless ones. But what our scriptures show us is that when we speak the good news of Jesus Christ, when we do deeds in his name, they are always powerful. Why? Because the Holy Spirit living inside of us empowers us, moves out of us. He is dispensed from us. And like seeds sown by, by a sower, they take root in people's lives. Maybe we see the fruit immediately just like St. Nino did. Maybe we don't. But if you are walking in here today and you feel absolutely exhausted, you want to give up, you want to say, you know what, I'm good at this, but this whole evangelism thing, this whole loving people in the, the name of Christ thing, I'm just not good. I see no fruit. I, let me encourage you with this Pentecost Sunday where you, no matter how small you think you are, you are grand in God's eyes. And he is working through you to accomplish a mighty work. So that's our quick dive into the Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He is our personal God living inside of us. What does he do to us? He confirms, he bears witness, he convinces us in the midst of our sins that we are still his beloved children, even though we feel like we have abdicated that role. And what does he do through us? Nothing less than save the lives and souls of those people that we love. And this is good news for us sinners indeed. Amen.